Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Another quarantine work week. What's happening? How you feeling out there? How you feeling? Yeah, shout out to all the mothers out there. Hopefully you guys had a, a wonderful Mother's Day. Um, I know I, I had to travel to Queens to uh, see my mom. I was, uh, of course, I couldn't hug her, touch her, kiss her, or anything like that. But we played some music outside. We danced outside. We made her some signs. And she was very, very happy and excited. She cried the whole time. And then we drove over to uh, Gia's mom's house. And we did the same thing. So it, it was just a great uh, celebration day. We just relaxed, chilled. And what else could you do? Just, just... I wonder... I wonder if drive-by drive-by celebrations are going to replace uh, real celebrations once all of this is over. Because think about it, right? When it's like a, a birthday party for one of your kids' classmates or Mother's Day, people don't really want to be bothered all the time with these long, elaborate four or five-hour parties. Sometimes those uh, little drive-bys just saying what's up, they make a lot of sense. Remember, remember you know how? Because before before the quarantine, people would be like, "I'm gonna just do a quick little drive-by." Right. I'm gonna just do a little quick little little quick little drive-by, be in and out. Now you really get to do that. Well, for family members, for family members, no. But for other things, I totally agree. Because sometimes in four or five hour power, yeah, you swing by, you. You, throw, you, throw, you throw a gift out the car window. I'm just telling you, especially when the kid got three or four of those a month, because, you know, all their little friends got their birthdays around the same time. That quick little drive-by be hitting. Yeah, dude. I ain't gonna but lie I know to kids you. would rather be at a party with their friends, I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think kids' birthday parties aren't for you. They're for the kids. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But we still parent at the end of the day. When you're a parent, you're like, God dang, another one. It is exhausting. Even though it's not about us, it is exhausting. It's not even about you. The kids probably don't want to do a drive-by. They probably want to go and have a celebrate with their friends. I know they don't. But I'm just speaking from a parent's perspective. That would be... Cool. It'll be <laughs> easier. It'll be easier. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah, easier. Yeah, Very much so. Very Beep much so. Beat the horn a couple times. Like I said, throw the oh, gift out the God. back and keep it moving. Oh, amazing. A kid crying in the back. Why can't I go in? Nah, they not crying. They excited. They just excited to get out the house. Like, my kids, you got to think about it. For my kids, this was the no, first time. No, I'm talking about for, were... their, for their friends' oh, birthday oh. parties, if you yeah, don't Yeah, because this is the first know. time my kids been out the house in, I think, 10 weeks. 10 weeks they haven't been out back, like, out the, pro- out the property. You know what I mean? This was the first time. So just them driving on the road, they were excited. And, and we don't know if the kids are falling in love with these drive-bys because, you know, they get to make their little signs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They get to pull up, hang out the window. They might they might be enjoying this more than a, 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 a being around each other, dancing and singing. Not or maybe that's just my wishful thinking mm-hmm. for the future. I don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's your wishful thinking. That, that's what that is. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, 
you know, we have to start this this uh, Monday. We're talking about other things that happened over the weekend. And there was some tragedy. Uh, some people close to us have passed away. And some icons in the music business. So we'll start off talking about that. All right. We'll get into that next. And, of course, Andre Harrell, uh, he was... Uh, he passed away over the weekend, so rest in peace hey. to Andre Harrell. Uh, he's been on The Breakfast Club several times. He's a, a friend to everybody in the room, just a great energy, a great guy, a great individual. He's a foundation to this guy. music industry. Some of your favorite artists, whether it's Mary J. Blige, whether it's Guy, whether it's Jodeci, uh, Heavy I'll D and the sure. Boys, Al B. Shaw, Monifa, just to name a few. So we're going to get that interview back on the first time he came to The Breakfast Club and he explains his story, how he created Uptown and all that. And we're going to get our little Uptown mini mix on this morning. So don't move. We'll do that next hour. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we start with, Yee? Well, this one really hit close to home, and I know we're paying tribute to Andre Harrell this morning, but rest in peace to Andre Harrell, who passed away over the weekend. That was hard news for us all to get. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, he is part of the Revolt family as well. He was only 59 years old, and he was the vice chairman, and he was a lot of people's mentors, a lot of people's friends, uh, family members. So we just want to give our condolences to everybody who Andre Harrell has touched their life. Uh, as you know, he was, in 1983, he, was, uh, he hired Diddy to work at Def Jam, well, no, Def Jam hired Andre Harrell in 1983. He was the vice president there. Then yeah, he became general manager of the Uptown. label. Mm-hmm. Then he hired um, Diddy to go work at Uptown after he founded Uptown Records. That's where he hired Diddy as an intern and helped launch the career of so many people like Mary J. Blige, Heavy D and the Boys, Jodeci, Teddy Riley. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, there was a lot of people who were giving stories that we might have never heard before as well. So I don't know if you guys saw all of these um, stories that were being told but uh, there were a lot of stories being told by Teddy Riley. He paid tribute to Andre Harrell. He called him his mentor. He also said that he spoke to him shortly before his versus battle with Babyface. He said, the pep talk that you're, you're, you've given me right before felt like the same pep talks you've given me from the beginning of Uptown Records, sleeping on the couch at your office, your brownstone in Brooklyn. You chose me out of all the kids that you could have picked to work with you. Uh, and Casey also gave his own tribute to Andre Harrell. He said, the first time we met Dre, my group went to New York to get a record deal. We we wanted it to be from Uptown Records at the time. Dre had our favorite artist. He had Guy. He had Heavy D. That's where we wanted to go. We got to New York one morning and we just took a chance. We went through the yellow pages and looked up Uptown Records. We went over there. We saw Dre when we were in the lobby waiting, but we didn't get a chance to speak to him. He was getting on and off the elevator, but we didn't say anything to him. Uh, he goes on to talk about how Andre Harrell also came up with the MTV Unplugged show with Uptown. That was a clever idea of his. He had never done that. That had never been done for a label. It was all his idea. He said, Dre asked us to cover Stevie Wonder's Lately for the show. We were like, we can sing, but you're talking about Stevie Wonder. And he said, y'all can do it. And that turned out to be a big song for Jodeci. So rest in peace to Andre Harrell. Also, Little Richard passed away at the age of 87. He is one of the legends, one of the originators. And according to his family members, he died in Nashville with his brother and his son by his side. They said the cause of his death is related to bone cancer. He had been ill for a good while. We'll give you more information on Little Richard throughout the morning as well. 
Also, this also uh, hurt a lot of people. Betty Wright passed away over the weekend also. She was 66 and she died after her cancer diagnosis. And they said something had clearly been wrong with her because Shaka Khan actually made a plea calling on my prayer warriors. My beloved sister, Betty Wright, is now in need of all your prayers. So she was recently honored on TV One's Unsung. She was called one of the most underrated singers of her time. Uh, So many songs that she had, including Clean Up Woman. She was only 18 when that song was released, and it was her biggest song ever. She also had... A lot of people sampled that song. A lot of people sampled Tonight is the Night, uh, Where is the Love. We'll be talking about Betty Wright throughout the morning as well, the um, age of 66. So we did lose a lot of legendary people over this weekend. Mm. Yeah, may may, may, may Allah God be pleased with uh, all of those individuals. Uh, Salute to Andre Harrell. Great brother, man, Uh, personally and professionally, that I talk to quite often. Over the past few years, um, you know, assisting him in getting this Uptown Record story off the ground, which is coming out as a miniseries on BET, supposed to be this fall, but you know, the coronavirus pushed all that back. But uh, he made me a consultant producer on that, so we we actually spoke very very often. I actually spoke to him Tuesday. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's just a just a great, 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 great man, great yeah. man. And we that don't was, get it. That was, I mean, all all of these, all deaths are shocking, but it's just like that's one you just do not expect to hear. I didn't expect to hear that on, uh, you know, fr- Friday night at all. Like, I literally yeah. was looking at like, somebody hit me like, yo, you talked to Andre? I'm like, uh, and I said, it's Tuesday. And it's, you know, it's Friday night. Mm-hmm. Like, I already passed away. I'm like, huh? So it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I have a I have a very weird relationship with death. I've, I've, I've learned to accept it. Uh, over the past past couple of years, really mm-hmm. the past year, I've learned to accept it, just leaning into the uncertainty of life, knowing that every day could be your last. But I still don't understand why things happen to certain people at certain moments. Because, like, right. Andre was really about to get his flowers in a real, real way when this when this uh, miniseries, you know, dropped on BET and people were going to really see the legacy he built with Uptown and how 95%, not even 95%, all black record labels now are like like he laid the blueprint for him. Just the whole ghetto, fabulous, black excellence lifestyle. Andre was that dude. And he was yeah. people was about to see that. They'll still see that. But I'm saying he would have been here to, to receive those flowers. It's just it's strange, man. Yeah, yeah. You know he did more than radio. Well, we'll talk about him more, man. He did more than radio, champagne and bubbles. Champagne I mean, he, and bubbles, baby. He was a, yeah. It was uh. That wasn't more than radio though. Champagne and bubbles was a, a weekend was show. Weekend no, show. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. no. No, he was he was doing it um on mornings on Hot ninety seven uh when uh me and Miss Jones uh Miss Jones was out and um they really? brought him in to do champagne and bubbles yeah and I was uh, helping him up <laughs> at one time I got stories uh, stories and stories about uh Andre Harrell but rest in peace we're gonna get an interview nah, on Andre, next hour rest in peace to uh, him rest in peace to uh Betty Wright and Be- rest in peace to Little, Little Richard. Richard Andre's Absolutely. done stuff for my he 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 really got my wife's my wife's family blessed in a real way this year. Like it's a, like Andre is a good dude, man. Real All good right. brother, man. Good brother. All right. All right. Well we come back. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051 If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Uh, this is Chandler from Columbus, Ohio. Good morning. Hey, Chandelier, what's up? Get it off your chest, brother. 
Uh, well, one, I wanted to say Mother's Day. Had a great Mother's Day with the, the wifey and mom. Two, uh, I watched that little Dickie series. It was a great series. I don't know why you wasn't on it, Envy, but it was a great, great, great series. And Angela no, it is. and uh, Charlemagne, yep, y'all did a great job. And uh, Thank you, sir. Three, oh, no problem, no problem. Three, now, I know it's Corona, but uh, if they had a concert here <laughs> and they said Applies was performing that rock, I probably would risk it all. Where is really? here? Where is here? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Florida? Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> okay, so you love yeah. Plies. You, you feel like you Plies rock? Yeah. If you perform wow. that, that energy might be one of the best yeah. performances I've ever seen. I, I might risk it all if you did that rock. Boy, so I drop one of clues bars for Plies. Somebody, this guy said he would go risk it to see Plies do rock. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I was actually closing on the home that day when they did the little Dicky uh, series, so I, that's why I wasn't there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show, great show. I, I recommend everybody to watch it. Thank you, brother. You wake up in the morning and realize, just you think about the things you don't expect to hear? You said you would risk yeah. getting Corona to go see Plies perform. No, bro, she is my rock, 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 rock. Hello, who's this? Lord have mercy. What up, though? This is Lee from Detroit. Hey, what's up? What Get up, it off Lee? your chest. Man, first I want to say I'm blessed. I don't want to, what my problem is, I don't want to feel like it's all bad. I'm blessed. They ain't miss no paychecks. Wife ain't miss no paychecks. But we don't get no hazard pay at the post office, man. Then we got the crazy man in the White House saying we a joke. Like, I'm risking my life every day, and we get nothing extra. This is ridiculous. That sucks. That sucks. The post office is a dangerous place, by the way. Man, we had a bunch like, of people die. Mm-hmm. What you mean? People that work in the post office? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because post office... Hey, y'all have oh, been working post- so hard, too. I do have to say, man, you guys do deserve hazard pay. And even going to the post office, you, go, you walk in the post office, if it's four if it's four or five people in the post office, I, I stay outside until people come out. You can't social distance. It's not even... Well, mine isn't that big in my neighborhood. I get something the other day from the APWU, which is our union. I'm thinking there's going to be a letter saying they fighting for us. They going to get us hazard pay. Mm-hmm. It was some stickers and plastic rubber bands. Like, oh, y'all, what is this? What is this? Y'all spending money on this nonsense when we ain't here risking our life? Like, this is nonsense, mm-hmm. man. I need y'all to make some noise for me and my 600,000 coworkers. Absolutely. Y'all not considered government officials? Yes. Yeah, y'all should be getting hazard pay. That's crazy. Make some noise for us, man. Get one of these union people on there so we can call and put them in check, man. All right, brother. Well, thank you for calling, man. And we appreciate the work and what you're doing every day, too, man. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Bernadette calling from Philly. How's everyone? Good morning, hey, Philly, Philly. What's up, Charlemagne the God and Angela? Queen. Good hey, morning, good Bernadette. Morning. Get it off your chest. All right, well, first of all, I want to um, just say rest in peace to Andre Harrell's family. Mm-hmm. Um, little Richard and Betty Wright. And wasn't Andre Harrell one of the um, partners of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde rap group? Yes, he was. Yeah, I don't want people to forget that because, you know, that was part of the 80s legend right there. But one of the things I did want to call about today, um, Charlemagne, you always talk about mental health awareness. And I just want to bring awareness. This has been three years that I've been trying to call in and talk to you all about this. My sister's life was taken at the age of 50 by her only son who Mm. suffered from schizophrenia. 
And let me tell you, in North Carolina, she was constantly, we were living in Charlotte at the time, and whenever my nephew had thoughts of taking her life and his life, she would hospitalize him, and they would always release him back to her. And then when it went to court, he he didn't even have a trial. The judge said he had been mentally ill for quite some time, and that he was deemed not guilty due to reason of insanity. And the crazy thing about it, we still have things in litigation with her um, life insurance, but he's on all of her life insurance policies. And he is not guilty due to reason of insanity. He's in a mental institution for the rest of his life. But unfortunately, there's no laws wow. out there for the for the caretaker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so oh, there's no bad. laws for the, for the, you mean for the caretaker as far as like, what do you mean? My sister. Like, oh, got you, got you. There got you. should be laws for the custodian Oof. parent or the person who's taking care of someone that's an adult that's a, that has mental illness. They, there's nothing out there for that person. Like, the, the the hospitals will constantly release them back to your custody, knowing that he had thoughts of killing you. Yeah, there should be some type of orders of protection in place. Oh, right. honestly, that brother, that brother should have been in a mental facility a long time ago. A long yeah, time he was ago. diagnosed in 2012. He took her life in 2017, and they constantly kept releasing them to them to her. And that's what I just wanted to get out. If there's anyone out there with any kind of information of how we can continue to fight this fight or get a law changed out there, please get in touch with me because I want to take this all the way up. I want to be able to have something called the Marcella Law because my sister served 20 years as a Marine. And she didn't die for our country. She died for her son. You know what I mean? It's just can really I get your, sad. Can I get your info? Will you leave your info for me when, uh, when we Absolutely. hang up the phone? Absolutely. And I'm going to shoot you an email. All right, hold all right. on, all right? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way, Yee. Yes, over the weekend, a lot happened. Takashi 69 he broke all kinds of records when he went live and also released some new music. And Babyface, I was looking forward to this Mother's Day tribute, but understandably, it's been postponed, and we'll tell you what he did instead. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk to Kashi69. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. So Takashi 69 went live for the first time since he got out of prison, and he broke all the records. He broke Tory Lanez's Instagram Live record, who had 300,000. He had 2 million viewers during his live. Now, in addition to that, he also put out a new song, Gooba, and that song in 24 hours had 43.5 million views. So he broke every record possible. He broke Eminem's record in just 24 hours for hip-hop YouTube views. Now, in addition to that, uh, here's what he had to say about snitching on his IG Live. But where was the loyalty when you were sleeping with my baby mother? Where was the loyalty when you was caught on the wiretap trying to kill me? Where was the loyalty when you tried to kidnap my mother? Where was the loyalty when you were stealing millions of dollars from me? Where was that? So who broke it first? I I get it. Don't fight fire or fire. I'm sorry. But what did I do wrong? Kidnap me? I'm supposed to be loyal to that? No, you know what? You know what it is? Y'all don't want to accept the fact that those is all true facts. Yeah, I heard that. And, you know, like I said, 
when I met the kid, he's a good kid, but you, you talk about why you snitched on those people, but you also got to talk about the conversation of, of why you told on Cardi B, why you told on Jim Jones, why you mentioned, uh, why you put a hit out on somebody. Like, there's other reasons. It's not just, it's not just somebody says something and then you said, no, nah, I'm not going to go to jail for them. You also opened up for so many other people that had nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, I mean, and, you and, know. You, and, you, and, and you use those people to harm other people, like you just said. You use those you know, guys in security, you ordered hits on other guys, you're not innocent at all. You know the lifestyle you was leading, and when the lifestyle didn't benefit you anymore and those wolves turned on you, you turned on them wolves. Welcome to the streets. Now, Meek Mill went on Twitter and said, I hope that rat going live to apologize to the people he told on or the victim. He said, y'all forgot that fast. A rat killed Nipsey. He wasn't supposed to be on the streets. That's the only thing I'm going to say because he's dead. Left his baby mom and child like a coward as targets. And then he also... Uh, Went on to say, because he did just have a, you know, he had his child on his birthday on Wednesday. And, of course, Takashi had something to say about that. Uh, Takashi went on social media and commented about Meek Mill, you know, paying attention to him at this time. He said, imagine having a newborn baby come into to the world and be pressed about a Mexican with a rainbow hair. Well, Meek Mill said, I'm sorry I lash out sometimes when I see people playing like that. LOL, I've been locked up too many times like an animal. Um, it's... He said, change my passcode and don't give it to me no more. And then he put some laughing emojis uh, with that. Now, in addition to that, there was some video that a girl posted. I guess uh, Takashi moved in next door to her and she saw him outside taking pictures. And she posted this. So I'm in my room. 6ix9ine is literally, he moved into the house behind me. He's taking pictures on the back deck. Yeah, and, and, and there was a whole lot of money talk, and, you know, I, I'm sure the young man has money, but you ain't got real money if you got neighbors, bro. You're in witness protection. There's no way in hell if you're on your <laughs> He's court. actually not, though. He's not. Well, I, well that's, I, I, that's I, I, even worse. Yeah. That's even exactly worse. It's, like, you talk about money, you, sh you shouldn't have neighbors. Like, you shouldn't be on your porch and your neighbors be able to, to, to take a video of you. And and I'm just going to put like it like it was, that. I know my neighbors can't take like, pictures of me. Look like it was a shared pool, too. Look like it was a com you live in a complex with a community pool. Nothing wrong with that. Well, it looks saying, like he you know. moved already, so we don't know where he is now. But, yeah, that was very smart. You're you outside with rainbow spend, hair, posing with money. Yeah, you can't allegedly <laughs> spend 500000 on a chain and, and you're in an area where people can come out the, to the back porch or come in their pool and see you. Like, you have to be smarter than that as well. I mean, like, he's not, though. And that right there is a prime example of why this isn't going to end well. And this is why I don't even think we should be entertaining any of this. I don't even think we should be talking about this because energy, any energy we give that young man is only fueling his untimely demise. Because let me tell you something about the universe. When you bump your head head in life and the universe teaches you a lesson from that head bump and you don't learn a lesson from that head bump and you go back to doing what caused you to bump your head in the first place, you're not going to get a head bump the next time. The next time, you're going to lose your head altogether. Watch. All right, well, uh, he did break all kinds of records, so we're just letting you know what's happening. Now, Babyface, in the meantime, was supposed to do this waiting to exhale Mother's Day special, but instead he said, due to the passing of a very dear friend of mine, we'll have to postpone the Waiting to Exhale Mother's Day special. And instead, he did a tribute to Andre Harrell, who was very close to him. He went on to share a song that he wrote and dedicated to Andre Harrell. Here is that song. I remember how you smile. I remember how you laugh. How you always told your truth. And you never held things back 
How you fought for excellence To be black as we can be Andre, you knew who you were And I swear if nothing else You taught me to be me Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. Why Babyface got a eulogy voice? I mean, that whole song, is just, it, just, it sounds like the end of the movie when they putting up the pictures of the people who passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, Babyface. Lord have mercy. All right. Well, according to Auntie Harrell's ex-wife, she said that he did die from heart failure and that he did have a history of heart problems that led to this. So apparently he was on a phone call the day before he passed and the call just dropped. And according to a source, they said the person didn't think anything of it after that attempts to reach him all day by phone were unsuccessful. That's when his cousin went by in the morning and used a spare key and found that he had passed. Damn. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's so interesting. Um, You know, I, I saw Jesse Collins saying how he spoke to Andre on Wednesday and Andre was adamant about talking to one of the writers because he wanted to get this this this, this story into the uh, uptown uh, miniseries that they're doing and that he wanted to really land the ending. And then I saw, uh, I, I was on with Al Sharpton on MSNBC yesterday and he was talking about how they were on this whole group call, you know, putting together these these plans in regard to the election coming up in November. And then, you know, I'm looking at my phone on Tuesday and he sent me this long, detailed plan about something. And I'm just like, I wonder do people know when they're about to go? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that just seems very odd that everybody had similar conversations with him this week where he was, like, pull it, putting out these detailed plans to people. Like, it's, it's I don't know. Right. It's, it's interesting. All right, now, uh, now let's talk about this scam that happened. And among the people scammed was Jennifer Lewis from Blackish, a friend of ours, too. And she's among four women who were conned out of $400,000 in a romance scam. I believe she's spoken on this before. But Antonio Marriott Wilson, also known as Dr. Tony Marriott and Bryce Carrington, he agreed to plead guilty to one count of wire fraud after he got that $400,000 from these women. He previously served a four-year term in federal prison for wire fraud and tax evasion. Back in 2009, after pleading guilty, he met four women on dating apps between May 2015 and October 2018. He convinced them to engage in romantic relationships with them. And then once there, he proceeded to con all of them out of $387,000 cumulatively. So Jennifer Lewis was among those people. She met him at a gym where he worked as a manager. He would use the money that he got from these women to fund his lifestyle. And then he was paying off all of his debts and buying luxury items. And yeah, previously he had done the same scheme. So now he's facing a maximum sentence of 20 years in federal prison. They have not yet set a date for his hearing. Now, what was the time period that he got all this money out of Miss Jennifer Lewis, Queen Lewis? Because it was like it was like four hundred thousand, right? Yeah, three hundred eighty thousand. Well, between she four said. women, between four women, it was four hundred thousand cumulatively. Oh, I thought it was just Miss Lewis that no. he got the three eighty from. Oh, okay, okay, Mm-mm. okay, okay. What was the time yes. period though? Between May twenty fifteen and October twenty eighteen, so about three oh, years. Oh, three years. A more than okay, three years. that's about a hundred grand a year. That ain't bad. I was about. I was. I was. I, uh, okay. I'm about to say, damn, he's a pretty good scammer. But three years, that's, that's about right. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to get into more details about Betty Wright passing and little Richard passing. So we will get more into that in front page news.
All right, we'll get into that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Man, I just feel bad that it's a lot of not good news mm-hmm. this morning. But Little Richard, rest in peace to Little Richard. He was 87 years old. He passed from bone cancer at his house in Nashville on Saturday morning. Uh, he signed his first record deal with RCA back in 1951. Wow. And he was known as one of the architects of rock and roll. So rest in peace to Little Richard. According to some of the all-time greats, they did say they learned a lot from him, like Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. He said that um, when he was 15 years old and he was playing piano and doing all of that, there was a mix of soul, gospel, and blues that captured the boisterous spirit of Little Richard, like the uh, Tutti Fruity singer. Also, Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, the front man from the Rolling Stones, he said he learned everything about the art of the preen from the originator, Little Richard. And long before there were the lips like the good golly Miss Molly uh, singer had perfected his pout. But beyond that, uh, Mick Jagger got in touch with his feminine side in a way that Little Richard had done beforehand, freeing him from the rules of rock star masculinity. Paul McCartney, According to Paul McCartney, he said Little Richard schooled him on his vocalizations, holding his signature woo, no doubt putting more soul into his singing also. So a lot of people owe a lot to Little Richard, including Elton John, even mm -hmm. Prince, Bette Midler. A lot of people owe a lot of their careers and to Little Richard. And salute to Michael Jackson, too. You know Michael Jackson, uh, when he bought back the Beatles publishing, uh, as part of that, that, that package, Little Richard's publishing was in there, and he gave Little Richard his publishing back. Wow. Just gave it to him. Yeah, wow. a lot of people don't, don't, don't know that story, but yeah. Michael, Michael Jackson right. gave Little Richard his publishing back. Wow. Also, rest in peace to Betty Wright. She passed away, and she's best known for her songs Clean Up Woman and Tonight is the Night. She was only 66 years old. She died at her Miami home on Sunday from cancer. Uh, she actually got her stage name when she was just a kid. She started singing in a gospel group called The Echoes of Joy at just two years old, and they released an album in 1956 when she was only three. She then switched from gospel to R&B at 11 years old. She started singing at local talent shows in Miami. Miami. And her big breakthrough came with this this song right here, Clean Up Woman, from her second album, I Love the Way You Love. A clean up woman is a woman who gets all the lovely girls leave behind. The reason I know so much about her. That song was actually sampled quite a bit. Mary J. Blige obviously sampled that song for real love. SWV, mm -hmm. I'm so into you. That was a sample from Clean Up Woman. Even Chance the Rapper, most recently featuring Childish Gambino, favorite song in 2013. That was a sample from Clean Up Woman. Another one of her popular songs, Tonight is the Night, parts one and two. I remember my mom cleaning the house to that, boy. <laughs> yes, and that song was sampled quite a bit, too. Of course, I Want to Sex You Up by Color Me Bad. That is one of the biggest samples um, from that song, Tonight is, the, Tonight is the Night. So rest in peace to Betty Wright. Uh, also, Candyman, Knocking knockin Boots, if y'all remember that song. 
That mm-hmm. was definitely sampled from tonight's the night. All right. Her, also, road, her, her publishing check should have been crazy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, listen, Beyonce Lord and Jay-Z upgrade you. They sample Girls Can't Do What Guys Do, another one of her songs. She had a lot of people sampling her, so well known for that. They said she was very underrated as far as an artist. All right, now um, let's talk about Jerry Stiller, actor and comedian Jerry Stiller. He passed away due to natural causes. He's also Ben Stiller's father, actor Ben Stiller's father. He was 92 years old. He said he was a great dad and grandfather and the most dedicated husband to Ann for about 62 years. He will be greatly missed. Love you, Dad. That was from Ben Stiller. He was known as Frank Costanza in the show Seinfeld. He was also known as Arthur Spooner in The King of Queens. So rest in peace to him, to Jerry Stiller also. Well, you know, listen, man, death is not a not the opposite of life. It's a part of it, and that's just a harsh reality, and we all die, and the goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will, and all of those people that you named, they definitely created things that, you know, will, will, will stand the test of time. So that's, that's, yeah. that's that should be everybody's goal. Like, create create something that, that will live forever, because physically also- we won't. And also rest in peace to DJ Amanda Blaze. She's a personal friend and Lord apparently she has passed away also. So our condolences to her family and friends. Absolutely. Yeah, she was a, a Miami DJ and, and uh, from she did in both New York City, Miami and all over the world. She was a great DJ. Uh, I mean, she's booked Yee several times. She's booked myself. So definitely rest in peace to DJ How Amanda did she Blaze. They saying. didn't say yet. They haven't said yet. Mm. Lord have mercy. All right, well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back, Andre Harrell also passed away over the weekend. And he was a friend to the room. He's been to the show several times. And uh, we're going to get back on an interview, his first interview. And you know, we're on Revolt every morning. So Mm -hmm. actively involved with Revolt. Founder yeah, of that's... Uptown Records. He taught y'all how to be ghetto fabulous. He taught y'all what black excellence was all about. Mm-hmm. Uptown Records laid the blueprint for every single modern day black record label that exists now. It wouldn't be right. no bad boy, no Rockefeller, no nothing. Radio personality too. So he has roots in radio as well. And he's an artist himself. That's right. So we're gonna get uh we're gonna talk to him again. We're gonna get that interview back on when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, rest in peace to Andre Harrell. Andre Harrell was a friend to the room. He's been to the station several times. Been on the show several times to talk about things that he's working on, from Uptown to the Revolt Music Conference. Well, we're gonna replay his interview the first time he came up here. So let's get that on. Rest in peace again, Andre Harrell. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Special guest in the building. Also, he's a, a radio host, so be careful, guys, because he will try to take our job in a minute. Yes. Mr. Andre Harrell. It's a champagne and bubble morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm here with do. Charlemagne the God. <laughs> I, I, I'm here with Envy. I'm here with the beautiful Miss Angela Yee. Hello. And we're getting ready to set this thing off. I used to listen to champagne and bubbles on Kiss all the time. <laughs> Thank you, man. All I appreciate that. Because, you know, I'm, I like R&B, and, you know, you was playing that good old 90s R&B. That two-step. You know? Yes, man. That girl meet boy, boy meet girl music. Yes. We're actually having a 90s R&B party. Are you really? <laughs> we planning it. Yeah. We are, for real. For real? Yeah, we got to, man. All right, let's I'm get serious. I'm tired of dancing right? to the Yeah, yeah yes, yes, I'm available for that. <laughs> I'm tired of dancing to the guy in my house by myself. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You want to get a woman next to you again. What about Absolutely. your wife? 
I mean, we danced together, but I'm saying I was like them old school vibes of. She got to watch you dance. You know, that new Jack Swing era was a different type of era, man. That was a different type of era. With the Gucci girls dancing to Teddy Riley music. Yes. Why you never signed Teddy Riley? I did, sign, did Teddy sign Teddy Riley. Riley. He was in Guy. He was in Guy, but I'm saying he wasn't, you never signed him as a solo artist. No, because okay. I had Guy. Wow. You, you didn't have Aaron as a solo artist either, though, did you? Uh uh-uh. uh. That's what I mean when I say did you sign Teddy because you had Guy, but then Aaron went solo, then Teddy went and did his own thing. You just let him go. Or? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't just letting it go. They wanted to split up and do different things. Sometimes when you have a lot of artists, you don't want to control every part of them mm-hmm. because they end up not really wanting to work with you. Got you. You gotta allow them to get some other money. Got you. How did you get your start in the music industry? Yeah, I think we might be speeding. Yeah, let's we, be speed. we gotta tell the people. Let's is... go back. How did you get your start in the music industry? I started off as a rapper when I was 15 mm-hmm. years old, 1975. I went to Charles Avenue's High School. We were a Harlem group, and my name was Dr. Jekyll. We weren't Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. And we did center parties in Harlem, USA. Mm-hmm. I love seeing those old pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are classic ones. <laughs> well, they are my Instagram. You can yeah, just go check them out. <laughs> you still remember any of those old bars? Come on, man. Spit something. I ain't spitting nothing right yet. Yeah, don't do that to him. When I get that feeling, y'all better beat on. I do what I do. Y'all know I ain't afraid of the mic. We know. know We know. Okay. You didn't, but did you have a messed up contract back then? Of course. (laughs) What was that contract like? We taking everything. We taking your children, your drawers, (laughs) your train pass, everything we could take. But, you know, fortunately back then, deals were like for 12 inches. They only lasted a year. Right. So if you didn't hit that summer, you got dropped. Mm-hmm. and you're free to go get another deal. It was just a singles market, so by the time it became album time, we were very well educated in the business. So much so, I decided to take a back seat and do the business. Mm-hmm. And you found Uptown, Uptown Records. Records. Start Uptown Records. So tell us about that. How did you find Uptown Records? How did you get the funding? And how did you find the art? Well, how did you learn the business, though? Like, to make you say you want that's what you wanted to do. I was always the manager of my group, South Circle Mr. High, so I always dealt with Russell when he had Curtis Blow to produce records with the jerky managers in Cleveland. <laughs> I always had the roadmap how to do it. It was just natural to me. So you, Uptown, you started Uptown? I started Uptown really kind of by accident. I was sitting in the office at Rush, working with Russ. Heavy D called me and wanted to speak to Russell Simmons. God bless the dead. God bless the dead. And I said, Russell's not here. And we said, what's your name? I said, my name is Andre Ruff. He said, yo, you Dr. Jeff with Dr. Jeff? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm busy, man. What's going on? He said, nothing. I'm going to call you tomorrow. So he hung up, right? Mm-hmm. Got his game together. The thing about Heavy, I don't know, he was charming. Hey, what's happening, baby? It's just me, Hev. Mm-hmm. How's your day going? And you be relaxed. This big, fat, cuddly dude. <laughs> you start relaxing. He was the original champagne. Yeah, yeah. I, and he, he made you relax. I'm all right. And you didn't want to be mean. And you wanted to take in what he said. And then when he came down to the office and Russell saw him, Russell thought he was one of the fat boys. And I said, nah, <laughs> nah. And that kind of put big men in style. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Heavy Overweight, could dance, Overweight lover. Overweight lover. I still ain't seen a big man that could dance like Heavy. Heavy could dance, He man. could dance. Mm-hmm. He could do reggae. He could dance. He, he could do rap, reggae. He could sing, everything. He was very talented. Heavy was your first artist. Heavy was my first artist. That worked out. And Heavy was a hit. And who came after Heavy? Who? Albie Shaw. Albie Shaw. You were the first dude to give light-skinned people That's the right. stimulus package. Okay. That's Albie right. Shaw okay. and Christopher Williams. <laughs> light-skinned guys would have never been in style if it wasn't for you. No, no. They was in style. They went out and they was fighting with Jordan and Bobby Brown. I'll yeah. be sure with the last one who stood up with the curls. Yeah, and Christopher. Uh, obviously, Christopher yeah. Williams. I was so happy when Nino Brown stabbed him in the hand. And <laughs> oh, two Jackson. Lord have mercy. Wait, let me tell you the power of light-skinned dudes with curls back then. I'll be sure came to my office. He said, Dre, come downstairs. 
We went walking for about a quarter of a block. You hear, is that I'll be sure? Is that I'll be sure? We walk another quarter block. That's I'll be sure. And girls start <laughs> running after us. I never had an artist the who had screaming man. girls like that. Never. Nice. Wow. To this day. Chase you down the street, girls, in New York City. When you see that. You're right. So what happened? They that never happened I, with, like, Jodeci or no. I would think. Jodeci, like, you signed Jodeci sure. too? They wouldn't run. Jodeci was kind of tough looking. <laughs> like you just didn't want, want to run up on Casey and dive in the wall and see what's happening. Did you know that when you signed Jodeci though? Because you could just go from these, I guess, attractive light-skinned guys to these four dudes from North Carolina. Well, Jodeci, they were playing music for one of my aunt who went to concert with me. So Hev was having a meeting with me, and we kept hearing, "So you're having my baby." So we're listening to that. Who is this? Where's this coming from? Then I heard, come and talk to me. That's my song. Then me and Hev got up and went in <laughs> and opened the door. And four little dudes from North Carolina was sitting there. And we said, yo, did y'all make these records? Yep, I wrote them and produced them. And that was Devontae Swain. Mm. And I said, y'all ain't going home. We signing y'all. Y'all getting ready to make a record deal. Y'all going to be on Uptown Records. That's what they told us. They was like, we had all those records before we got there. I was yeah. like, I didn't believe them, but yeah. They did. Now, what happened was, them records wasn't right at mm -hmm. their first go-around. Because, you know, you're in North Carolina back in 1991. It wasn't like you was at Hit Factory. Gotcha. So it was, wasn't mixed right. It was noisy. I put on that Johnny Gill record, My, My, My. And I remember sitting him down and saying, do you see how this boy is saying, put on that red dress. Do you see a red dress? Slip on them high heels. Is she moving around the living room? Now play your record. And that record was, cat to do that cat. I said, do you see anybody or do you just hear noise? So they got so mad and frustrated, but then I put Al Be Sure with them to produce. Mm -hmm. ah. So it was still their lyrics, still their music, but Al had more experience producing. He had worked with Quincy, mm -hmm. so he was a really masterful producer. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got that first Jodeci album. And there was a big fight over the first single, too. Remember the first single was Gotta Love, the up-tempo. Oh, yeah, it was it. Because it was half the album was like more up-tempo, the other half was slow. Right? That's right. So... Puff and Jodeci got together, and this was this is my policy. If you feel strongly about something, you know yourself and you know your fans better than I can. You just keep arguing with me until you get your way, till mm -hmm. I see it your way. Mm. So they argued, 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 but I got to love them. We know that wasn't it. Was Puff in that video? Dancing? Puff was in that video I remember dancing. That. Um, Puff dances. <laughs> so so then um, I said, let's put out Forever My Lady. Mm -hmm. And we put out Forever My Lady. It blasted off. Gone. I feel Gone. like all those um, slow joints on that album was in the stage. And then come and talk to come me. Talk to we were off, and then we hit you with the remix. Yes, sir. The hip hop soul. Yes, sir. And Stop then the it. ghost face and uh. Stop it. Yeah. You know, Mr. Dalvin did that. Freaking you remix. Yeah, Woo! the freaking you remix. That was the second album. Woo! Woo! The come and talk to me remix though. That now was... see, we're gonna talk all this talk about Josie. We're not gonna play one record. Look at all that. Nah, we we, 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 we exactly. What are you talking about? Absolutely. Like Uptown mix this morning. Oh what? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me see that. Uptown. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So we talk respect. about guy, heavy D, Jodeci, uh, Christopher Williams, Avi Shaw, Mary J. Blige. Now, I already signed so many artists. When we come back, let's talk about Mary a little bit. All right. Don't go anywhere. Andre Harrell's in the building. It's the breakfast. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Andre Harrell in the building. Throwback Thursday, founder of Uptown Records. Now, how did you get up with Mary J. Blige? So I got with Mary through her managers. Mary's stepfather gave him this tape. So they came and they played me the tape. It was Chaka Khan, Sweet Thing. Mm. So she played Sweet Thing 
I'm going to love you anyway. You know how she kills it. Yeah. Right. So I'm listening to that. I'm like, it felt like a Picasso painting, the way her voice was going through the canvas. Like all that pain, all that heart. Mm-hmm. I went out to Snowbound Projects, right? To meet her and her mother and everything. And so when I came up there, she was looking at me just smiling. She was shy. And I said, your voice is serious. I said, one day you're going to sing for rock and roll legends, kings, and queens. And she just giggled like a 17-year-old. And look what happened. Wow. Yeah. She became the queen of hip-hop soul. Yeah. Almost 20 years later. Right. And then you got you had Soul For Real. You had yep. uh, Heavy Father D-Dot. MC. Father MC. So Heavy found Soul For Real. You had the Lost Boys too, right? Yeah, we had the Lost Boys too. Damn. Oh, at one point we, was no joke. we had we had nine records on the radio here in New York. Being a DJ boy, I've never. Yeah. And you know what? I I don't know if because of the time period, but I've never heard anybody say Andre Harrell didn't treat me fairly. No, that's nice. He said that's nice. I mean, I don't know. If maybe you didn't hear it, but that's yeah, nice. maybe I didn't hear it. No, but you're I not, try, you always hear stories. But I try I to be nice, but what I try to do, I think, more importantly, is I try to look at an artist and see them for who they want to be, mm. and then I try to tell them. These are the clearest things that will make you big, and we should move toward that. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, my relationship was such a trusting relationship with them, they would try some of the things I would want to do, right. and it worked out. What was your biggest mistake running Uptown Records, or artists you passed on? <laughs> I got everybody I wanted. If I wanted it, it meant everybody else wanted it. Like, before mm-hmm. I wanted it, they didn't. They wasn't sure. But once I wanted it, everybody was sure. That's how it happened. So then I got so many records on the radio, I'm like, you gonna go with them or you gonna go with me? Mm. Back then, if they was going with me, because the artists were happy, they were on tour together. We had a sound. Matter of fact, we had a culture. Mm-hmm. Right. We were ghetto fabulous. Right. We drank up all the champagne, danced at all the parties, <laughs> and that's what they was looking at. Mm-hmm. They was looking at that lifestyle from rags to riches, going from the bottom to the top. That ghetto fabulous. Right. We well, always and, hear the infamous story about how Diddy worked for you and he was an intern and he would ride the train and hide in the bathroom So because he, he was in college uh-huh. with Howard just to come and work at Uptown. And uh-huh. then they said you ended up firing him. I can see why you fire him. No, 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 no. There's so, there's so, much, there's so much to Puff. Y'all have no idea. First of all, Puff was having the time of his life. It had it stopped? Nobody, nobody, nobody loved Ghetto Fabulous more than him. Yeah. Puff came in the door with two earrings on. <laughs> I had never seen that. He came in with boots and, and blazers and hoodies. I was looking at him like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I think that works. Why we dressed Jodeci like that? Mm-hmm. And we did. Right. And the record company would say, put him in suits, put him in suits. And Puff said, I'm about to put him in suits. He was in tears. Like, uh-uh. You're going to dress him how you dress, Puff. Mm-hmm. And, and I would empower my young people to let them know the things that they did right and that they had a lifestyle that other people would like. And for Puff, he really had the close opportunity because he really worked closely with me. Puff used to watch me like television on the phone. I used to stop in the middle. Puff. Stop staring at him. Don't you got to go to work? So he was really a a student of the game. Mm -hmm. And and he worked really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. How much did Puff contribute to Uptown? Because it it seems like Puff gets a a lot of credit for Uptown because he gets a lot of credit for Jodeci and Mary J. He did contribute a lot, but these are the main things he contributed. I signed Mary J. Blige, I signed Jodeci, but Puff worked on uh, Jodeci, but I'll be sure produced him. Gotcha. All right? What Puff's claim to fame is musically was his construction and fashion of Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. That's him. Right. He Like, I signed her, but Puff put that beat up under her mm-hmm. and changed the game. Right. Him, Eddie F., Darnell Jones, they came, 
and they laid down that those sad kind of chords, and Mary would sing like Project Sunshine over them, mm-hmm. like Love Without a Limit. Yes, sir. She just made you feel like Absolutely. it's good in the hood. Let's drop a top and let's pull on some new sneakers. Absolutely. <laughs> so we love Mary. Like in my office, if Mary had a performance, everybody would sit there and debate. And I wasn't the leader. I wasn't the boss. When it came to artists, best argument wins. I'm listening to see you back up what you're going to say. So they would say, Mary can't wear that. That's not what her audience wants. And I'd be like, all right, all right. <laughs> And I felt like taking care of Mary and helping lift her up and make her a queen, we were lifting up uh, girls from single households, girls from impoverished neighborhoods. So so Mary was and is a symbol of what you can really do. Oh, that's what they say. In order for you to rise, you got to lift up others. Yes. Yeah, I think she's the best example of that. Right. So didn't did he bring Biggie to Uptown at one point? Yes, he he brought, but he brought, he brought Biggie to Uptown through Bad Boy. Like, we started Bad Boy at Uptown. Okay. And so Puff wanted to sign Biggie. His label was new. He didn't have any artists. He just needed me to assure Biggie You that... gave Puff Bad Boy label? Or... Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, yes. I gave him Bad Boy Records. Mm-hmm. He had already signed Total. He had already signed uh, Craig, Mack Craig Mack and Biggie. Mm-hmm. And Biggie had our party and bullshit. That came out on Uptown Records. Right. And we had a dinner. I sat down Biggie and assured him that Puff had all my confidence and all my resources and that he would be treated no different than any other artist <clears throat> we got. We don't sign a lot of artists, and if we sign you, we're going to figure you out and make you the biggest star that we can make you. And that's all he needed to hear, and then Puff did his thing. All right. Did you, did you thing. believe in Big when you first saw him? I believed in Puff. Right. But after I started hearing that music, when I started black and ugly as ever, Biggie is my favorite rapper. He's like the Marvin Gaye hip hop. So what was the downfall if there was a downfall of Uptown Records? Why why did Uptown stop producing all those records? Light skinned people. Probably <laughs> sure Christopher too much mouth. of that. No, 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 no. They they just came with an offer from Motown. It was so ridiculous at the time. I had to take a look at it. And then Heavy came on to be the president. But artists sometimes can have a hard time managing artists. Mm. Because artists, in order to be great, they need to spend a lot of time thinking about themselves. So as the president of the label, you have to give yourself to others and give yourselves to helping other people's dreams. So that's a different headspace. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only reason, because they could have went on, because they had all the talented people. It was a matter of being able to manage everybody's expectations, ego, and motivate them. So you left uptown to go to Motown. Yep. And, and, and left the, uh, the, the jail open, and it just the, the artists were running their asylum. The inmates ran their asylum. The inmates ran their asylum for a minute. <laughs> but you know what? Mary J. Blige made it through. <laughs> Mary J. Blige made it through. Yeah. Joe would have made it through, too, if it wasn't for like their personal issues. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, we got more with Andre Harrell when we come back. This is a uh, the first interview he did with us when he came through here. He's been up here several times to talk about so many different things, from Uptown Records to uh, Revolt Music Conference to everything that he's working on. So we'll get that back on when we come back. And let's get into an Uptown Records mini-mix. I mean, 
he's broken so many artists, but we don't have we, that much time. I mean, if you want to talk about it, we have uh, Lost Boys, Mary J. Blige, Guy, I'll Be Sure, Christopher Williams, Jodeci, just to name a few. And we're going to get that on right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That was an Uptown Records mini mix. Like I said, we couldn't play all the artists. I mean, when you think about it, Mary J. Blige, Heavy D and the Boys, Guy, Christopher Williams, I'll Be Sure, Monifa, The Lost Boys. Jodeci. Jodeci. So that was a little Father mini MC. Don't so front on Father MC. Father MC, of course. So let's get back into our interview with Andre Harrell. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Andre Harrell's in the building. Now, Charlemagne? Now, you work for Revolt now, which is interesting because you had to fire Diddy. Why did always... you have to fire Diddy, though? You got to understand. <laughs> when Puff worked for me, Puff was like, he was my protege. So, he, you know, he basically, he got to do all the things I did. Mm -hmm. And so anytime somebody else would tell him no, it was a problem. So I had New York Undercover, so I'm running over there with Dick Wolf trying to work on this show. Puff that is, was your show, New York Undercover? Yeah, I, I produced that. that. Yeah, because yeah, you had got a TV deal. Yeah. You got so much yeah. going on in this place. Uptown, I got a TV deal. Yeah, I remember James M. Tume was the um, music supervisor. He was the music supervisor. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, all right, New York Undercover. So, Puff was walking around the office without a shirt on, <laughs> you know, just really living out the video <laughs> in the whole bit. Yeah, so then one day we sat down, <laughs> we had a conversation with the general manager, and Puff said, Puff said straight up, I don't work for him. I work for you, Dre. And I was like, oh, my God. I got artists in the building. <laughs> I mean, this episode, everything, everything that happens now, none of y'all going to be able to handle it. It's going to be on me. And I was feeling I wanted to grow Puff into his own boutique label because we had given him Bad Boy, but he needed his own space. And I couldn't get MCA to give me the space. So when he got fired, he was on payroll the whole time. Oh. And his artists were on payroll. The whole time. Oh. oh. And when he got his deal, I sat there and helped him negotiate and pick the best deal. So I, I let him go to make him rich. That was the best thing that probably ever happened to him. Absolutely. So we wouldn't be fighting. I'm going to have to spend all my time right. watching Puff. And I was growing, <laughs> doing so many things. And and it did, it's not like I didn't enjoy watching Puff. But if I couldn't be there to watch him do his thing, because Puff would come to my office, play his records that he just mixed, he would do a hot dance. You know what I'm saying? Like every Monday, every he would Monday. come into my office, and Monday morning at 9 o'clock, you had to be at my staff meeting. If you missed the staff meeting, you missed the opportunity to chime in on the moves that the artists are going to make. And we had so many artists, mm -hmm. so there was a lot of sexy moves. So if you're 26, 27, you want, you want to be involved in that because you might want to make a move. You want to have your hand on that because right. this thing is moving. Right. So I remember I was making a movie. Uh, it was strictly business. Dang. And Puff got a part in it. See, at my company, I let you be stars. Puff said, can I audition? He got a part. <laughs> and he so, was in everything. So, everything. So, so, so wait. <laughs> we sitting there having a regular meeting. Phone rings. It's my producer on the other line. He said, yo, we got a problem down here. I said, what? Puff just punched one, one of the gaffers in the face. Oh. I said, what? <laughs> Puff just punched the gaffers in the face. Goodness gracious. I'm like, that Jesus Christ. Boy. Buff was like Dennis the Menace back then. He's like Dennis he the Menace like now. Right now. He's, now. He's changed, he said. He's changed. No, he is trying to change. He totally is trying to change. I'm talking about that. So I remember we having our staff meeting. Puff is in jail, dropping quarters in the payphone, coming in over the speakerphone, trying to be in the in meeting. In the meeting. 
That looked like that. That's how serious and dedicated he was. Puff crazy. That was a very, very enjoyable time. And I really enjoy working with Puff because me and Puff are able together to take this whole black thing to a pop international level. There you go. All right. That was our interview with Andre Harrell. Rest in peace and condolences to his family and friends. I mean, he was such an inspiration on this industry. Yeah, so and listen, that, that, that Uptown uh, miniseries is coming to BET. I don't want anybody, you know, saying stupid things like, oh, now that he's dead, y'all want to do a miniseries. No, that miniseries got announced last year. You know, okay, uh, Andre? Yeah, we've heard him working. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andre's been working on that for the past, you know, few years. Uh, I'm, I'm a consultant producer on it. Jesse Collins is the executive producer. Andre was very, very involved with the story, very involved with the script. Even up until this past Wednesday, he was on the phone with Jesse, you know, um, uh, wanting to add some things to the story. So, yes, that his story will be told and his right. life will be celebrated the way it needs to. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The rumor report. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. So over the weekend, as we were watching this versus battle that was highly anticipated, the numbers, over 600,000 people watched Erica Badu and Jill Scott on Saturday night. I was one of those people. And one of the first stories they started off with, and we talked about this with Jill Scott when she was on The Breakfast Club, is the song You Got Me, because Jill Scott actually wrote that while Erica Badu was featured on that Roots song, and here's what was said about it. The Roots gave me my first opportunity to write anything ever. It's the first song I ever wrote. And for you, Queen Badu, to sing words that I wrote, and I don't, I don't think you've ever done that again, like everything else you've written yourself. I'm so honored. I'm going to play the exact same song. If you worry about Yes, so they both got to and play yeah, that song, I, I, and that's yeah, how they was, started was, off the battle. It was over 700,000 people. I don't. They, it got it to like seven and change, so I think 720, 730. It was over 700,000, though. Yes, yeah, sir. It started, was, it started a little late, too. I was like, what's going on? It started and a lot late. Everything was, everything was pretty smooth. I think at one point, Erica Badu, her battery died, mm-hmm. and then she had to jump back on, and that was when uh, Jill Scott was playing Tyrone for her. So, Man, Tyrone been getting a bad rap for a long time, bro. Like, Tyrone, all of these years, have been catching slander. They've been calling people, yo, Tyrone-ass Negro. All Tyrone was was the friend of an F-boy. Tyrone he was, was a good friend, man. Guy. Tyrone yeah. was just driving the goddamn car. Very, he was a I good thought that friend. was very clear from the song. And I thought people I would just no say, idea. call Ty. They would say, you better I, call Tyrone and tell him, help you get your stuff. That's what she I says never, in the song. I, ne- I, n- I never thought about it until Saturday night when I was watching the battle, and then everybody started tweeting all of this Tyrone slander. And I'm like, wait a minute. All Tyrone was doing was being a good friend. It ain't his fault. He the only Negro that 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 man knew without a car. And why didn't Erica ever name that brother? She named Tyrone. She named Jim, James, and Paul, but never named the (laughs) F-boy she was talking about. Poor Tyrone. I thought people always would say, when you got mad at your man, you better call Tyrone and tell him, come on, come help you get your stuff. So it's weird that people would have thought that. That was a vibe uh, on Saturday night. And that title playlist, that Erica Badu, Jill Scott title playlist is so hard. That is absolutely going to be the soundtrack of my house for a long time. We had the sage burning. We had the, 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 the candles lit. Oh, man, we had we, we got these dip tea candles my wife got. Man, they smell so good instead of vibe. 
Oh, yeah, I have Love like it. five of those in here. <laughs> and they're beautiful, too. Yes, they are. All right. All right, now, in addition to that, we're getting ready for the next versus battle, and guess who it's going to be? Listen to Timbaland and Swiss Beats talk about it. You want me telling who want to smoke with Ludacris? Nelly want to smoke with Ludacris. With Air Force Ones and shit. Tell him. Okay, come on, come on. Nelly want to smoke with Ludacris. Nelly want to smoke. Attention, attention. Nelly want to smoke. Nelly and Ludacris. A lot of people have been calling for this one. Well, when Nelly called into the Breakfast Club, uh... To, to, to talk about, you know, the Air, the Air Force. Force. This, I, I, I bought that up, you know, Nelly versus Luda. I think that's a damn good battle. I think that's going to be great. I can't wait to see that. I think well, that's next a great Saturday, battle. Next Saturday. I think Saturday the problem people have with these, ready for that. The problem people have with these verses is that when they think of Nelly Luda, they automatically think lyricism, right? This ain't about lyrics. This is about songs. Correct. You know what I mean? It's records. So that's right. Nelly had big records. Luda had big records. That is going to be a fun entertaining battle next Saturday. I can't wait for that And one. I know, personality-wise, they both are going to have a lot to say. So that Absolutely. should be interesting. Now, here's another possible versus battle. Here's John Legend. He was talking to Nick Cannon on who he could potentially battle, and here's what he said. I think that probably the best thing, and honestly, I think we would do it if we did it like a dueling piano. Piano, yo, that'd be yeah. crazy. Yeah, well, I think we will. But I, I, what I do love about the way it's been going so far is we're seeing producers and writers, yeah, um, more than more than just artists, because the producers and writers, what's so cool about it is you didn't maybe know that they produced this song. Yeah, you you're hearing these stories that. and stuff. Yeah. So John Legend versus Alicia Keys, that might she happen. She got to do it. She got to do it. He called her out. She got to do it. That's also a piano battle. Woo, that, that's going to be a great one. If they that's get a that mood. Done. They got to they do that during the week, though. That's not a no. weekend one. Yes, it is. No, it's it. not. That's not, yes, that's it not a Saturday night. No, it's not. Yes, no, it's it not. Is. That's a Alicia Keys got up-tempo. That's, that's a Sunday afternoon. No. Or, or a Don't nice them. Thursday. That could be no. a nice, that's Don't a nice date. That that's them, a nice date night one, too, though. Alicia nice Keys got up tempo joints. They're going to have the pianos going. That could John be Legend got some. Does he have too many up tempo? He got a couple of up tempo joints. Yes, he does. Who, yes, who he wins, does. though? Alicia Keys? Yeah, I got I one more than Alicia Keys, too. John Legend got a lot of great, um, also, a lot of great appearances on other people's songs, too, though. He That's does, but I got my money on Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys win that one. I think that'll be a good one. Alicia Keys know how to battle. Oh, well, well Ludacris Nelly, who went in that one? Ludacris Nelly, who y'all got? Oh, that's a tough one. Bro. <laughs> that one ain't too. That one's not as easy as people think it is. I'm telling you. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say slight edge to Luda, only because I think Luda can take uh, Nelly in those later rounds with 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 uh, bigger records. Not bigger records. Bigger records ain't the word. I gotta go through their catalogs. I gotta sit down and go through yeah. it. All right, now I, like, I want to ask y'all. Now I was just gonna say because when Nelly started doing those country songs. Those are good records, but I just don't know do how those. they will go. I don't know how they'll go over on a Saturday night on mm -hmm. on Instagram compared to some of the stuff I know Luda can play. He can't do those. Okay, doors. now while we're all quarantined, let's talk about some issues you guys might be having because Young Thug was very honest about having some dirty penis issues. So here's what he had to say on his Instagram story. I take a bath every day. I don't even have sex every day, right? So every time I take a bath, my chest, my body be clean, but every time I wash my, it be dirt on the on the red. But I ain't had sex. I ain't did nothing. I ain't even had, I ain't even shit. I just go chill, then come home, go to sleep. Next day, I wake up, take a bath, my be dirty. It's always be dirty on the top, on the red. What the f I, just, I think I just got permanent dirty I love the transparency. Uh, I love the honesty. 
But you may want so to see a doctor. So how many of y'all are dog. waking up with uh, dirt on your penis, no matter how much you shower? Not is me. Is that schmegma? Yeah, what? I don't know dirt, what that like, is. I, I don't. I, I, dirt. Like young thug, dirt. you really need you, you really need to keep your D out the dirt, young thug. Now, if he I'm a woman who's hasn't had been sex, having sex or anything, though, he said it's just nothing. He just really wakes up and yeah, you need to go dirty. to the doctor, brother. If I'm a woman who had sex with Young Thug and I've had any bacterial infections, I'm suing. Okay, Young Thug turning these women into Young Yeast infection, Young Bacterial <laughs> Vaginosis, yeah, Young Discharge. Just it could just be out. some. <laughs> it could just be some schmegma, maybe. Young odor. Some Mm-mm-mm. dead cells. Nah, I, I think if it, it was schmegma. Smegma's just tweet a, us if creamy, you're having though. a just uh well not when it dries up I would think if it dries up but wouldn't it be right? a smell? No, he washes it, it and still sees dirt on it. That's a problem. He needs to go to the doctor. Well, if you guys out there having similar issues, can you tweet us and let us know? He might want to go to the sure. ER. Why he took that to social media though? Like that's the first place you thought to tell everybody you got a dirty D. Maybe because he thought other people were dealing with the same thing. You know, maybe thought other people and they might be. And y'all just not being honest about it, but that's cool. Young Thug is confident in himself. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, I don't even know what that means. What kind of dirt? Show us the rag next time, Thug. In order to get a a proper social media diagnosis, you have to show us the actual rag. Show us what that dirt looked like. I'll pass. All right, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Mm. Uh, donkey of the day today is going to uh, District Attorney George Barnhill. He was the prosecutor in the Ahmed Arbery case. Uh, he needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. For Monday, May 11th, goes to a Georgia prosecutor, uh, District Attorney George Barnhill. Now, George Barnhill was the prosecutor on the case of the young brother Ahmad Arbery. Uh, rest in peace to Ahmad. Condolences to his family. Um, George Barnhill actually recused himself from the investigation on April 6th because his son is a prosecutor in the Brunswick District Attorney's Office where one of those thugs, one of those murderers of Ahmad, one of those goons, Gregory McMichael, a former cop, worked as an investigator. But he didn't fall back from the case until after he received the autopsy report on Ahmad's death and wrote a letter to police explaining why George McMichael and his demon seed son, Travis McMichael, should not be charged. That's right, you heard me. He said they should not be charged and that Ahmad Arbery's case was a justifiable homicide. Let's go to WAGA! WAGA Fox 5 for the report, please. A former federal prosecutor says the GBI and the U.S. Department of Justice should both look into the death of jogger Ahmad Aubrey. George Barnhill is the elected district attorney for the Waycross Circuit. Barnhill recused himself from the case that is sweeping the nation. Jogger Aubrey's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, insisted he had a conflict of interest. Barnhill's son works in the Brunswick DA's office that Greg McMichael worked in as an investigator and later retired from. Barnhill's letter to Glenn County Police is getting national attention because it justifies the deadly shooting of the black jogger by two white men. The longtime prosecutor wrote, we do not see grounds for an arrest of any of the three parties. 
It goes on to say Travis McMichael, his father Greg McMichael, and the man who he says shot the video, Brian Williams, were following in, quote, hot pursuit a burglary suspect with solid first-hand probable cause. D.A. Barnhill writes that the video in real time shows Aubrey attacks Travis McMichael, but the former federal prosecutor believes civil rights violations likely occurred. First of all, the fact that you recused yourself from this case because you have a son who works in the DA's office uh, where that murderer Gregory McMichael used to work lets us know you are already biased. So being that you're biased, nobody wants to hear your little letter to the police explaining why those devils should not be charged. Okay, we know why you think they shouldn't be charged because one, you're protecting one of your own, and two, anytime a white man a domestic terrorist, a member of vanilla ISIS, kills a black man in America is justifiable in your eyes. Furthermore, if you're going to recuse yourself from the situation, then recuse yourself from the situation altogether. Okay, the definition of recuse is excuse oneself from a case because of a potential conflict of interest or lack of impartiality. Therefore, his letter with his five points regarding the case should be disregarded. Okay, if you know you have a conflict of interest and everyone else knows you have a conflict of interest, then take that biased-ass letter you wrote to police and wipe your ass with it. Okay, how can I, as a black person in America, ever have faith in a justice system like this? See, this is why I say every black person in America needs to go out and purchase a legal firearm Go to the range, learn how to use it, learn the laws of your state to see where you can carry it because you have to protect yourself because there is no laws in place to protect us. Okay, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms is your constitutional right, black man. It's your constitutional right, black woman. Okay, it is your constitutional right to possess a legal firearm and you can use that firearm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home and outside the home, depending on your state. Ida B. Wells once said a Winchester rifle should have a place of honor in every black home and it should be used for that protection which the law refuses to give. I repeat, and it should be used for that protection which the law refuses to to give, okay? Replace uh, Winchester rifle with any gun of your choice and let that quote sink into your heart, okay? And I hear y'all black people, uh, you know, I hear y'all saying, our oh, constitutional rights aren't respected. Our constitutional rights aren't respected. If Ahmad had a gun and shot back, he would be in jail right now. Or they would be justifying his murder because he had a gun. Let me tell you, pessimistic punk something, y'all better stop worrying about what your oppressor thinks of you. Okay, that's number one, all right? Number two, go buy a legal firearm because it is your constitutional right and you must protect yourself from these kinds of threats, okay? And number three, I would rather Ahmad or any brother or sister who finds themselves in a situation like Ahmad found himself in, I would much rather them be in jail fighting for their freedom because they shot back at some domestic terrorists trying to take their life than have their family crying over their casket at a funeral, okay? You can't fight these cases when you're dead, all right? I would much rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. And not only is me owning a legal firearm my constitutional right, when you're a black person in America, owning a legal firearm is a form of self-care because we need to care for self at times like this because this wicked American judicial system clearly doesn't care about us. Please give George Barnhill the biggest hee-haw. <coughs> Oh, I'm tripping. Matter of fact, let Kathy Griffin give George Barnhill the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day.
Yes, yes. This is did exactly. y'all run with Did y'all run with Maude over the weekend too? I did that this weekend. No, I did not. I don't. I I I really don't understand the point of that. To be honest with you. I was just showing support for his family. You know, he was running, and he's a runner, so a lot of people went out just to do that run just to honor him. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a run for Ahmad, and I want uh, all black people and black black people to run to the gun store and purchase a legal firearm, okay? That's what I would like to do. Let's, let's, and if you're going to do these jogs, let's, let's, let's all run to the gun store and purchase legal firearms and get our gun permits and learn how to use guns so we can protect ourselves from attacks like the one uh, Ahmad had to experience, sadly. All right. All right, well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, when we come back, 800-585-1051, well, what, what are we discussing this morning? Let's talk about death, man. What do you mean? Uh, it seems it seems like death was was everywhere this weekend, you know, from Andre Harrell to Little Richard to Betty Wright to, you know, uh, Jerry Stiller to, you know, um, Amanda Blaze. It just seems DJ like... Amanda Blaze, yeah. Death was everywhere. So I just wonder, what are people's thoughts about death? And not even just this past weekend, you know, you know, with, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, with the passing of, you know, Nipsey Hussle, when you see these situations like Ahmaud Arbery in, in Georgia, like, what are your thoughts about death? Do people... I just want to know what your relationship is like with death. Like, what do you think about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have been questioning my own mortality in a way that I, I never have before. So I okay. have a lot of thoughts about death. I just wonder what, 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 what's on... What, you, what do y'all think? All right, let's let's talk about it when we come back. 800-585-1051 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. You call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club topic. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we open up the phone lines, 800-585-1051. So many people passed away in the last couple of months, uh, in the last couple of days, from Andre Harrell to Betty Wright to Little Richard to DJ Amanda Blaze. We can go a little further back to Nipsey Hussle. Just so many people. So and and of course the, the lives lost from coronavirus COVID nineteen as well. So we're asking, what are your thoughts on death? Is that, is that what we're asking today? Yes. What are your thoughts on death? Simple, simple question. Okay. Well, let's start in the room. Yeah. Let's start. What What are your thoughts on death? Yeah. Um, I think for myself, it's something that has always been really hard for me to process. I know a lot of people like immediately will go on, you know, social media and do the rest in peace thing. I think for myself, a lot of times it just takes me a moment. And sometimes I just like to process that privately myself and things kind of hit me not right away. It'll be a moment like a couple of days later while I'm doing something and I'll think about it at a random time. So for myself, and if it's a family member, that's even harder for me to do. Yeah, you know, for myself, I don't don't think about death a lot. Uh, It's just something that I know that it it happens to everybody. So I try not to think about it, but it worries me, I, I would have to say, uh, meaning I just want to make sure my family's good. And that's that's the only thing that bothers me, you know, uh, and that's one of my anxieties we always talk about all the time. I just want to make sure if when I leave this earth that my kids are good, my wife is good, my family is good, and that I leave something for a legacy that will continue to take care of my family for generations to come. You know, you, you look at what's going on and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that says, hey, you know, my son lost his job. So you know what? But I'm good. I got savings. I can help my son. 
you know, and I want to make sure that I'm that for my family, that if anything ever happens, they can rely on me, that something can continue to make sure that my family is good, that they're secure, that I'm teaching them the right things about business, about agriculture, that they can feed themselves. And I'm just trying to do that. And that's the things that, that has me a little crazy about death. But as far as it happening or how it happens or any of that, I, it's, it's something that I know I can't control. So I don't think about that part or that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, when it comes to death, I'm not good with it. I don't want to die anytime soon. I am not with that live fast, die young mentality. I want to live to be old, but I know I can't control it. Um, if I, uh, to, to, to your point, Envy, if I didn't have a wife, if I didn't have kids, I probably would be more accepting of it, but I do mm -hmm. want to be there. I want to be here, you know, for them. Um, but my thoughts on death have changed so much over the years because, you know, when you're young, you believe in heaven or hell, and if someone you love passes, you know, you're taught that you'll see them in the future. Then you get Correct. older and you just don't know what happens when you pass. You just know you don't want to die. And then you start hearing stories of people making plans before they passed. You know, I think about my grandmother right before she died. She put her wig on like she was going somewhere, sat in her favorite chair and, you know, passed away. Um, I, I think of Andre, you know, Harrell. You know, I spoke mm -hmm. to him Tuesday. He literally, you know, sent me this line for line plan, like telling me, you know, how it should be executed. Right. And the last thing I said to him was, okay, I'm going to send you some ideas tomorrow. But guess what? There was no tomorrow, you know, mm -hmm. um, at least here. But I truly believe there is something after this. And then, you know, when you get older and you start, you know, having things like life insurance and making your will, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, it really makes you feel like you're staring your, 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 your death in its face and you wonder how close it is. But no, to your point, it's just like we got to put those things in place just in case, because mm -hmm. every day is uncertain, right? You just Absolutely. don't know. I, my, my plan is to live until I'm 90, 100 years old. I want to live until I got erectile dysfunction. Well, I actually don't ever want to have erectile dysfunction, but you know what I mean. So it's like, that's my plan, but that may not be God's plan for me. And, well, you know, that's a, that's a scary thought. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? How y'all doing? Hey, good morning, brother. Hey, this death thing, it's always been curious to me. You know, nobody's walking this earth really know what afterlife is like. You know, nobody died and, and warned nobody what to expect, you know, once they die. So what I'm curious about is with white people raising their kids with hatred, how would you know what you're going to face after you die? You know, That's like very slave true. Masters, slave masters throwing brothers off ships in 1600. So let's say if they died, it's true you get judged and you go to heaven or hell. They say they didn't know. Them slave masters in 1600 died. Let's say they look up and what they were what being judged by was the same colors and brothers they were throwing off them ships. They didn't know it was going to be a black soul or spirit judging we don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about hell like enough like we feel, used to. I feel like a lot of times people also try to justify things that they do in life and they try to come up with reasons why it's okay. And well, that's the that's clearly, the pastor's fault too though. Thank you for calling. That's the bro. pastor's fault because anybody that dies, the pastor can uh preach they preach them into heaven. <laughs> no matter what that person did, the pastor can always say, well, you know, they repented and you know, God will have mercy on their soul and yada yada yada. We don't talk about hell enough. Because, you know, if you believe in heaven or hell, then there got to be some people in hell, right? I don't believe well, in either, to be honest with you. Well, let's but open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. We're asking, what are your thoughts on death? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're asking, what are your thoughts on death? 
All right. Now, uh, we've lost so many people uh, due mm-hmm. to coronavirus, COVID-19. Also, uh, Andre Harrell just passed. Little Richard just passed. Betty Wright just passed. Uh, DJ Amanda Blaze just passed. So many different people. So we're opening up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? Hello? Hello? Hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Tatiana. Can you take us off Bluetooth? You got me sounding like Teddy Riley with the echo. Yo, y'all gonna stop disrespecting Teddy Riley, okay? I'm tired of all of this Teddy Riley slander. Erica Badu even disrespected Teddy Riley this weekend. Okay? They disrespect Teddy, they just Teddy, Teddy, echo, Teddy is not it. synonymous with echoes. You know who's right synonymous with echoes? Who? Mark. Shut up. Hello? Hello? Hey, now, what? what is your thought on, on death right now? Um, well, I'm 27 years old, and, uh... I live uh, I live outside of Detroit now, but you know I've had my experience with death. I believe death impacts everybody differently, not only because uh, people have experienced it so much, but not only that, the experience where you know somebody is shot or you know somebody dies really, really hard. Um, but um, people forget that death is a cycle of life. You cannot live without dying, and you cannot die without living. So. Um, I guess that helps me cope better with death, knowing that, you know, there can't be one without the other. But it, I, my heart always goes out to someone that loses someone, but um, it, it always impacts me different if it's not, you know, relatable. But I always, you know, I put my sympathy out there, my condolences for people. But death is, is only part of life. All right. You're right. Well, thank you. They say, they, they say death, is not, death is not the opposite of life. It's a part of it. All right. Hello. Who's this? Hey, this is Shauna. Hey, Shauna. Good morning. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning. I'm feeling blessed. How about you? Oh, we're, we're feeling okay. We're blessed over here as well. We're talking about death. What, what are your thoughts on death? Okay, well, um, I kind of felt like, you know, well, I guess when I was a little younger, I was more scared of death because I just kind of didn't really know the meaning behind it. Um, I think now that I'm uh, a little older, I kind of feel like, you know, death doesn't discriminate. Death doesn't have a name. You know, death is coming. You know, we, we live to die. So I just think that it's important to, you know, live life the best way that you can. Um, while you have the luxury of still being on earth, you need to do right, not only by yourself, not only by God, but you got to do right mm-hmm. by others. And then when that day comes for you to die, you know, it is what it is. But as long as you've done what you were supposed to do while you're here, then you know where you're going when it's time for you to go. I agree with well, that. I, I saw Swiss Beats on social media talking about Andre Harrell's passing and saying that he's doing a celebration of his life because that's what Andre would have wanted. And I think one thing you do want is when you do pass away, that's why I agree with you. You want people to remember you fondly and celebrate those amazing memories they have of you as a person. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying except for the we know where we're going part. We don't know where we're going. And I think that 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 uh that fear of uncertainty or, or that fear of not understanding, right? Because that's what they say. People feel what they don't understand. That fear of not understanding where you're going after you die, after you die, is, I think, what causes the anxiety. Right. Well, thank you for calling, Mama. So I, what's, the, what's the moral of the story, I, if there is a moral? I don't, I don't know if there's a moral, but I also wonder, is it okay to question death? Because questioning death seems like you're questioning God, but then I wonder how much of a hand does God have and whether you live or die? Because I don't think God wants us to be taking each other's lives, right? Like, right. I think there's God's will and then there is free will, you know? And, and you know, sometimes you make the choices to do things that you shouldn't be doing. Like when you pull out a gun and kill another person, you know what I mean? So right. I don't know. I just wonder, you know, I wonder, you know, is it okay to, to question death? Because it does feel like you're questioning God, you know? But I, I, if there is a moral to the story, I would just tell everybody, speak life, 
You know, uh, I want to live to be old. I, I want to be the, the the veteran OG and just understand we all die. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. All right. All right. Well, E, we got rumors on the way. Yes, uh, and Eminem stopped by Lil Wayne's Young Money Radio on Apple Music on Friday, and we'll tell you some of the things that were discussed. And also, we have a special announcement about the Robin Hood benefit coming up, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we have a Robin Hood benefit announcement. Shout to all the Giants fans out there, right? Now you can turn your fantasy into something that you can really do. I'm talking about the New York Giants Ultimate Backyard Football Experience. Now for a donation of just $10 or more, you can be entered for a chance to have New York Giants Super Bowl champions Eli Manning, Michael Strahan, Phil Sims, and Justin Tuck come to your house and play a game of flag football with you and three of your friends. So it's four on four, all right? Now the uh, team owners will be the coaches. So how dope is that? And if you live outside of New York, they'll invite you to the Giants facility, their practice facility to play this game. After the game, they will have dinner together at your crib, at your house, where the team will present you with your own Giants Super Bowl ring. All right, so if you want more information to enter, go to omaze.com slash Giants. This is a, a shot at a once-in-a-lifetime moment. I know I'm going to put some, some money in. Now, if I win, Charlamagne, y'all going to play giant. with me? You're a big Giants fan, so I feel like you should enter. I'm going to tell you something. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, I think this is a disgusting prize. I don't even Gosh. know why. I don't know why anybody would like this. So if I win, are y'all going to play? Are y'all going to play on my team? Yeah. I'd rather Hell be another no. team, but... You could be the center, Charlemagne, and you go. Oh no, 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 I, no, no! By the so way, like I would now, play. Right? We, we playing against the Giants? Yes. Oh yeah, I'm all about opposition to the Giants, baby. I come okay. on there with my quickest, Dallas Cowboy jersey. It'll be their quickest on. game ever. <laughs> all the flag right. football. I, flag I would rather football. be on. I would rather be on Envy's team playing flag football because Envy will probably be grabbing for something else that's long and dangling from my body. What? We're on the same team. <laughs> I know that. That's <laughs> why I, I would rather play with you. You know what? You're kinky. Let's get to the rumors. By the way, Let's by the way, Justin wouldn't be the only one tucking in that game if I had to play against Envy. Because I know okay. what Envy would be <laughs> yo, yo, what's Weird. wrong with you, man? You're a kinky, <laughs> my goodness. How we turn a benefit into some kinky talk. Now, I don't know what's just happened. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Eminem. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen Yes, Eminem stopped by Lil Wayne's Young Money Radio, and a lot of things that they discussed included the new Michael Jordan documentary, which we're about to discuss. Also, one thing that they both do, and it has to do with their lyrics, because they've been in this game for quite some time. Listen to this. You start getting to the point where you've rapped about everything, you everything. rhymed every word there is you to rhyme. Every word. You say everywhere. Man, M, I have to, I literally, bro, when I'm doing some of my sh you can, if you go through my phone history, when my Google history is going, and you press L, First thing gonna come up is Lil Wayne lyrics. I literally have to Google my lyrics to make sure I didn't say certain oh stuff. Oh my god! Before. Yo, I swear to God, I do that too. <laughs> Man, that's how long we've been doing this. I just did that last night. That yeah, I can't think about what could they have not ever talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they both got a lot of bars between them. That makes sense. And especially Wayne, because I don't think Wayne writes. Wayne says he just goes in the studio and raps. So yeah, I'm sure you right. have to keep track. 
Now, other things, if you want to listen to the whole interview, Eminem talks about pleasing old fans and trying to reach new fans as well. They talk about Killer Mike and Run the Jewels. And, yeah, a lot of different things. So that's a good interview and some donations that they're doing right now. So uh, it's pretty dope to listen to. All right. Now, since they discussed the Michael Jordan documentary, let's talk about that. So Michael Jordan talked about his father's death and there was a lot of conspiracy theories. They said, you know, different things about gambling connections and Michael Jordan's father was murdered. His body was found near the North Carolina and South Carolina border. They searched for him for weeks. Here's what Michael Jordan had to say. It did hurt, you know, but you had people that were throwing darts who wanted to hurt me anyway. It wasn't from the people that I loved or the people that knew me and people that cared. It was the people that, you know, got tired of me being on top. There isn't a thimble's worth of evidence to connect that horrible incident to Michael Jordan's gambling or any other aspect of Michael Jordan's behavior. Man, I almost cried. I was right yeah. there. I felt the welling up happen, especially when they showed him breaking down in the locker room. You know, um, and, for, and what they did to Michael in regards to his father and blaming him is what all you lame-ass social media conspiracy theorists do nowadays, all right? Talking about everything and everybody like y'all have a clue. And I think it's so whack that people could not understand the toll the game was having on Michael Jordan's mental and emotional well-being. Absolutely. Like, yes, he needed a break. He had to walk away. Like, it was no conspiracy. Like, he, look at what he was going through. Right. Jesus Christ. All right. Now, Michael Jordan also talked about his retirement not having anything to do with gambling. There were people saying that that was why he retired. And here's what they said about that. The folklore, the urban legend that I sent him away because he was gambling. Ridiculous. It never, no basis in fact. I didn't retire because Lee kicked me out or they suspended me for, for a year and a half. That is not true. There's no truth to that. Uh, I needed a break. You know, my father just passed, and I retired. You know, and I retired with the notion that I wasn't going to come back. Prime example of people trying to understand what's going on in somebody else's mind. It's not up for you to understand. It's for that person. That person made a decision for himself. You don't have to justify, well, why is Michael walking away? Michael know why he walked away. Now, he also talked about being hard on people. And when you watch this documentary, some people might say, oh, he was so hard on everyone. Well, here's what he had to say in response to y'all people. Winning has a price, and leadership has a price. I challenge people when they don't want to be challenged, and I earned that right because my teammates came after me. Once you join the team, you live at a certain standard that I played the game, and I wasn't going to take any less. Now, that means I had to go in there and get in your ass a little bit, and I did that. You asked all my teammates? The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't do. When people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Well, that's you, because you never wanted anything. Like, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. That's right. Winning has a price. He is a winner. He has a certain uh, level that he plays at, and he wants everybody to rise to, to that level. And I don't I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Right, championships. And they sure did. And then Gary Payton spoke about the Seattle Supersonics versus the Bulls in the series, and he said he did know how to play against Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan responded to those comments. A lot of people backed down the bike. I didn't. I made it a point. I said, just tire him out. Tire him out. You just got to tire him out. And I kept hitting him and banging him and hitting him and banging him. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll, and then <laughs> resting him a little bit, and then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. 
I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but it, it, it was a difference with <laughs> and, and beating him down a little bit. I had no problem with the glove. I had a lot of other things on my mind. How do we feel about that? Mm. They lost the series 4-2. to two. They did. I, the, the, the Bulls won the first three games. Seattle won two in a row. I don't, you know, I, eh. eh. It's easy to say you didn't, you, you know, you could have held Michael, but you didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, like you, you didn't. You can't, you can't talk about what you could have did when, when they beat you. Honestly. Yeah. And Gary, Gary Payton is a beast. One of the greatest defensive players of all time. Love it. Love, but they lost. But he was saying if he was guarding him the whole time, maybe I don't know. They did win uh, two straight. Uh, woulda, coulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Nobody, to nobody the gave game a six, but. Yeah, I so. just don't think. I, I it's think funny to hear Michael Jordan's reaction to that, though. That's what's interesting. Yeah, nobody beats Michael Jordan if Michael Jordan don't want don't want to be beat. Absolutely. I truly believe that. All right, and you know Sunday nights is also Insecure nights as well. And I just want to shout out to Yvonne Orgy. She has her first HBO stand-up comedy special, mm -hmm. Mama I Made It, and here is the hey. trailer. I just wanted to bring you all here to my home. There is no way I could do a special about my life without showing you my life. My parents are desperate to get me married off. The first dude to show up in my house with a goat might be the right one. This is where you negotiate my bed price. About how much do you think it will start at that age? I might just take one dollar. Sophia Kwa, why one dollar? Am I a stripper? <laughs> My mom, she leaves me voicemails all the time. This is your mother. Time waste for nobody. You are no longer a spring chicken. Happy birthday. Drop on the clues bombs for Yvonne Orgy, man. I actually had a chance Good to go people. see her do stand-up. I really like Yvonne Orgy a lot. So shout out to her and congratulations. Too, I'll be Yvonne watching Orgy. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw her when she opened up for Chris Rock a couple years mm -hmm. ago. Yep. Me too. All right. I well, I'm Angela Yee. I know it was BC before Corona. I know that much. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. When we come back, we got the People's Choice Mix. Get your request in now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, um, again, uh, rest in peace to Andre Harrell. We uh, replayed his interview this morning. Uh, just talking about uh, Uptown Records and yes. everything that he's doing and just giving us the his uh, history lesson. So, Rest in peace and definitely condolences Man, to his family and friends. Heartbreaking. It's going to be so weird not having Andre Harrell around anymore. So, again, our condolences to his family and close friends. Absolutely. That's right. And that Uptown Records uh, miniseries is absolutely coming to BET. Uh, Andre was heavily involved in that, heavily involved in the story, heavily involved in the script. I mean, even up until Wednesday, you know, he was on the phone with Jesse, you know, uh, wanting some things added to the story. And he was adamant about adding them. I don't know if y'all saw Jesse Collins, um, you know, post on post on Instagram. But, you know, it's good that, you know, his story is going to be told. And it's good that he got his flowers while he was here. Even though I still think, um, you know, I would have liked I would have liked to see him be here to see what the reaction would have been to the Uptown miniseries because I just don't know if people really truly understand what Andre Harrell meant to this culture. I, I'm not sure if they do. Absolutely. But they will when, and, and very soon. And I also want to say, man, since, you know, there's so much death going on, you have to celebrate life in a huge way. I want to say happy born day to my, my guy, Beehive, you know, and I want to say um, happy born day. what's up, Beehive? Yeah, Beehive's born day was yesterday. So happy belated well, birthday to Beehive. Happy belated birthday to Beehive. Yeah, I see happy him all the time just walking around Brooklyn randomly. That's my guy. And uh, happy born day to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Minister Louis Farrakhan is 87 years 
young today. Drop one of clues bombs for the minister, man. Like I, that's that's the age I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all. I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to be 87 and still kicking ass. God damn Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So Absolutely. When we come back, we got the positive note, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Come on. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne, you got a positive note? Yeah, man. Um, I just want to tell everybody out there, since we're having all these conversations about death, just know that death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside us while we are still alive. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?